12-pack radio. Get excited, y'all. Welcome back, everyone, to 12-pack radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news, the home of the beta Rank college football statistical model, and the home of your new Colorado fan base, basically. Holy Moses, this is Brian Conger. Interesting first week of Pac-12 football and a monster week for Pac-12 uh, football in week two. We have some massive matchups coming up. I'm Rob uh, Bright. I'm Rob Bauer. I'm Brian Cogger. He's Rob Bauer. And we're here to cover every game from last week. We're going to preview every game for week two. Uh, Rob, it, it was an interesting, you know, it was, I, I just, it was great to be back. It was, it was nice to be able to just sit down and plop and watch Washington just be a beautiful, beautiful monstrosity in terms of, of what it's able to do, um, the destroyer of worlds on offense. It was fun to have an opening game that was really good, obviously Colorado knocking off TCU. Yeah. Well, what did you think about the first week of Pac-12 uh, football? I mean, clearly, I mean, like the... I mean, if you're a Pac-12 fan, you know, like you could not be more excited, right? You, you roll out of the gate undefeated. A lot of teams look fairly dominant in their games. I mean, all for the good um, in a lot of ways, right? I mean, even, you know, even USC, you could argue, like, righted the ship a little bit. Um, you know, I mean, the only team that had a somewhat shaky performance was UCLA. Um, you know, and they still won. You know, they, they and they faced a, a, a pretty good team, uh, you know, and their opponent, not just your run-of-the-mill group of five. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, you know, like, Oregon State looked better than we expect i mean like I, there's still clearly some limits perhaps on where the beeves are going to go and what their ceiling is but like they look good you know like everybody mostly look i mean a, now asu is i don't know if there was i don't know if you guys are on twitter and you follow like any asu fans or something like that or even folks around college football there was like immediately because asu raced out to that touchdown um and of course, like Florida had, uh, you know, like not had the best quarterback play against Utah. And so it was like, you know, like, oh, man, like, I bet they miss Rashada now. Right. And like, you're just like, oh, this is going to be a blowout. I'm going to bed. Um, then you wake up, you're like, oh, that was that was not that was close. That that game, that that game was dumb. Yeah. How many pots of coffee and Red Bull were distributed during that that ginormous light, storm that ripped through? <laughs> I mean, that's part of it too. I mean, like to be, to be fair, right. Like there was the lightning delay, you know, it's like a wonky Thursday night game. Like you remember that Cal Washington game a couple years ago? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. We're going to reference like next year, we're going to make these references and no one's going to know what we're talking about. It's going to make me very sad. Uh, That Cal Washington game where they had the lightning delay and then they came back and it was just the dumbest game. You know, after that, (coughs) I understand that that can happen, but yeah, like uh, having a tight one with the Southern Utah Thunderbirds, not 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 great, not great, not great. I think one of the things I loved, the, I loved it the, the whole thing. I mean, just from start to finish, it's nice to be like back in the pool with yeah. college football. The thing, the the missing part of my soul was the the conference pride thing, and I know some, yeah. I know oftentimes. Uh, the people say, ah, nobody cares about conferences. I, I think particularly on the West Coast where there's this um, inferiority complex, right? It's like the East Coast bias. Nobody pays attention to the West Coast. And normally when you have teams like Colorado that go out and just just unload on TCU, at, you know, the, the, the national champion runner-up, 
you get that sense of like, heck yeah, West Coast football is awesome. That was completely missing for me this whole week. That was the yeah. one real drag on everything where I just had no sense of of appreciation for it because, like you mentioned, the Pac-12 had an awesome week and it right. just kind of felt empty because, you know, all these teams are going elsewhere, but you kind of have to embrace it while it's here. So I'm glad that there was a number of, of big games. We should just, let's go. We got to rip through these games. There's so, so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, like, <coughs> we got to start with Colorado. I know it wasn't the first game that was up on the docket, but it was by far the most fun. I had such a fun time watching this game, looking at uh, Shadur Sanders, who looked awesome. Yeah. I mean, just throwing dimes all over the field. Colorado 45. TCU 42. If you're new to the podcast, if you're, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, watching Rob have a coughing fit and me forgetting to do my hair before the podcast. Um, we, uh, if you're watching this and you're new, one of the things that we're going to do is w- the way that we do this is we talk about the game that happened and then we'll shift into the game that the Pac-12 team is playing. So that that's kind of we're not going to review all the games and then shift over to previews. We're going to kind of mix them up because it kind of keeps our uh, focus on stats and then we can move them to the next game. So again, Colorado 45, TCU 42. Th- this was just a shootout. I am interested to see how good TCU is yes because yeah. there was some play calling uh, the questionable play calling by um by our Bryles kid um obviously colorado could move the ball at will throughout the entire game we have travis hunter playing seven thousand snaps in this game which was and then dancing afterwards which yeah. is like holy I mean, like God put some people on this earth that are, I'm just like, I've, you know, you just got to tip your hat to them and yeah. say like, good for you, man. Like, that's amazing. And, and that's why we watch sports. We watch college football and pro football just to see um, people just perform at the highest level. And he certainly did. You know, what, 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 what did you bring out of this here? We'll, we'll break down the stat sheet here, but what jumped out uh, on your end? So, I mean, I think the, the first thing that stood out was that I, 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 and I say this, like everyone should be excited. Like, I don't expect, I don't think we know exactly what TCU is going to be this season, but I don't think that they're going to be really bad. I mean, I think it worst for TCU this season, you're probably still looking at like a seven win team. Right. And so for Colorado, who was one of the worst teams we've ever measured in beta rank to come out and go, I mean, power five team, not not i mean there have been some worst group of five teams um the bassholes who are who are also having the renaissance yeah too, i mean the know? don brown the don brown renaissance um but to go out there and go toe-to-toe with call i mean to go toe-to-toe with tcu i mean now look i like when people say like the national runner-up i'm like they got housed like rightfully housed by georgia right like that that wasn't an accident um but like i think what I mean, like, and, and look, like Chandler Morris wasn't that sharp. You know, I think that they're strong. I mean, I, you know, like they're, you know, he had two interceptions. In the, and were they both know, in the red zone, if I recall? One, Travis Hunter yeah. just was like a monster, but the both of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, and, and they say, like, I mean, like now in the Bryles version of the, like, Bry, I mean, that Bryles offense, like they can run the ball. I mean, TCU ran the ball really well against Colorado. Like that's probably my biggest, like your biggest worry if you're Colorado is like Imani Bailey averaged 11.7 a carry, right? Um, You know, and TCU as a team 
average 7.1 per carry in the game right so like morris was like morris was really really rusty i mean he was nearly a 50 percent completion percentage only 6.6 per i don't think colorado's pass defense is that good i think that i I think we're gonna you know we're gonna figure some of these things out not against nebraska nebraska's not gonna be that test of the pass defense um but I think if you're Colorado, if you have an offense that can come out and punch, right? Like I do like TCU's defensive coordinator and Gillespie. Um, you know, I, I don't know that TCU's defense is going to be like, you know, in the top half of the power five this year. But the fact that Colorado was able to come out and put up 45 on them, put up a bunch of big plays. Shadur Sanders looked really good, you know, like terrific completion percentage, no interceptions, 10.9 per. That's that's fantastic. He was bombing um, it and, and, and dropping it right in people. <laughs> like Travis Hunter, he should Sanders yeah. should have had another 50 yards and, and another touchdown on the, the lot of yeah. the day. Uh, man, there's a couple big, big drops that happened. It didn't matter, but just credit to him where I like, I get so excited about Washington's offense because you got Penix that's just slinging the ball around the field yeah. like a boss. And like San, now was Shooter Sanders, Michael Penix? No. But he was right. aggressive, and that was what was super yeah. fun to watch. I mean, this TCU defense only graded out at 26 overall in beta rank last season. Um, so again, like I don't, my expectation is like, and they lost some dudes. Like my expectation is not that they're like a top 10 defense that Colorado just went out and waxed. Like they're probably going to finish in the 40s. Like you know, like there's going to be a little bit of regression for them. Um, but this is a great win. Like Colorado should feel fantastic, right? And they get a Nebraska team that's like you know like man this is going to be a contrast in styles did you i watched some of that nebraska minnesota game <laughs> oh oh no i apologize <laughs> i apologize for you for for on behalf of the big 10 that was that was a, disaster. It was a very big 10 game <laughs> it was it was it was it was two teams two teams doing their best iowa impression um it was oh it was painful but what colorado is probably going to get i would say this season <coughs> is there probably, or I mean, in this game, is there probably going to get a better defense than they faced last week? Um, you know, like Minnesota is not like a great offense, but Nebraska, I mean, that, I mean, Matt Rule's MO at Baylor was not offense, right? Like it was the, those defenses carried that team. Um, that's, I'm, so I'm kind of interested to see, like, I'm interested to see in this game um, because, you know, like we're going to get, you know, no, no, that reset it. oh no so like nebraska right now i mean they sit at 55 overall in beta rank there's a ton a ton of preseason weight in still so like you know a little bit of you know keep it with a bit of a grain of salt here on that like colorado's at 102 colorado clearly is better than 102 there's just a lot of projection weight still in there um but i think that, that like this nebraska team like they they're going to run the ball like they have a huge run pass split. Jeff Sims is their quarterback that came over from Georgia Tech. Like one of the things that was really interesting in that Nebraska game is they moved the ball a bit. They just did dumb things in the red zone. But Sims is dangerous. That guy is a big, fast human. Um, that's going to be interesting to see like a team that just gave up an average of what was it like 7.7 yards per carry now gets a a quarterback that is like a much, much, much better runner than Chandler Morris. Yeah. Jeff Sims, right. The transfer from Georgia tech comes over, uh, Matt rule who uh, the one, so we should just go off, right. The line was, is three. 
Yeah. And it might have moved a little bit, right? I pulled these lines. We, we were recording a little later than normal, but like when I pulled it, it was three. And that that just jumped out at me. I mean, I get it, right? We don't want to overreact to week one. But I think a couple takeaways from my end on, on what Colorado is able to do. The first was uh, Shadur Sanders is a, a straight up power five quarterback. Like yeah. that, that guy is good. Yep. Um, they got they got skill players all around. Right. Edwards, the freshman, just lit it up. I loved how he's counting his touchdowns as he went into the end zone. Yeah. That was beautiful. I was like I was but I was talking with my son. We were watching it together. I'm like, that's three show three. Um, obviously, Travis Hunter, obviously um, some of the transfers from Florida, the Florida schools that they, they came in. So they, they have the skill. The thing that jumped out for me is they can't defend the run, um, like you mentioned, and they can't run the ball. And when you think of Nebraska, now you now now you see why that line is three, because Nebraska is going to run the ball. I think they're going to try to keep <laughs> Jeff Sims contained, right? He yeah. had three interceptions in that game against Minnesota. Um, you're going to see a whole lot of running from Sims, to your point, and from the rest of that team. And I think you're going to see a front seven that's going to challenge Sanders. And really, like he, he was trying to get that ball out quick. And I know that um, the, the the offensive coordinator that came over from, from uh, I think it was Kent State, he was their head coach, was used to getting the ball out quick, right? Never had a good offensive yeah. line. That was kind of his MO there. So... I mean, three though, Rob, like I, th- this is a flawed Colorado team that will be fun and will put up points and a Nebraska team with a, with Matt rule who like almost everywhere he's gone, he's like, Hey, I want you all to know w- year one's going to suck. Right, like, right. He basically says it where he goes. So uh, wh- what do you think about what, you know, the, the, the run matchups re- are really disadvantageous for Colorado and three just, that that's just low. I just I don't know. I like I've waffled because that looks like a trap to me. I mean, right, right? Vegas Vegas has those giant towers based on lines like this, where the entire world is on Colorado um, and their mother. Like, there are so many people on Colorado that like the, the local bookie I use. Like, does it, he doesn't even have the line right now? He's taking us <laughs> so much risk on Colorado. Right. So. You know, what, what what are we looking for in this matchup outside of uh, the run game? I mean, so like, I mean, I th- I really do feel like it's going to be and and look like Minnesota can't throw the ball like their quarterback who has a I I did look up how to pronounce his name and I've already forgotten it. It's, the Greek it's rifle. I know that. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> like the Cali Gamakis. Yeah, I don't know. It could it 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 could also be like some sticky honey dessert. Um, I. I'm like, I, I'm interested to see, cause like Nebraska did a good job. I mean, I thought they did a really good job defensively. Like they made not the Minnesota is like the world's greatest offense, but they made them look bad. Um, and like I said, like that's rules MO for sure. Um, and I think that they're, I think it's going to be interesting to see like what Colorado gets, like if they're able to, to put up really big points. I mean, again, like I don't think Nebraska is going to be a top 25 defense. They might, towards the end of the year they're probably not right now but they're probably a top 40 defense and like if Colorado can come out and put up really big points again you know against them like that's gonna that's gonna like that's gonna turn Colorado into like you know like Washington last year right like a team that maybe has a really bad defense you know 
and maybe has a really good offense. That's a lot of fun. If you're a Colorado fan, you'll take that all day, right? Like if you're a Pac-12 fan, I mean, maybe not because a lot of Pac-12 fans had basically penciled in a win versus Colorado yeah. on the schedule. Yep. Like, like there's some very, like very bad news flash of like, oh man, Stanford is like, it looks a little ahead of, I don't know how far ahead of schedule Stanford looks, but like a little ahead of schedule. Colorado might be a lot ahead of schedule. Yeah. What? I guess my one question in terms of the statistics here is what was Nebraska's pass defense last year? And I know there's some turnover, right? New coach, but you know, some of the talent <laughs> is still there. Yeah. Um, I, you know, obviously they're recruiting. What, what do we got here in that pass defense? Well, they really, I mean, I will say too, is like, they really struggled a little bit last year defensively, they fell off, but they were still at 43 overall in effective pass versus 82 in effective rush. Um, there are, and, they did a and they did a good job. Like now, right now they're sitting at 39 overall in beta rank. Um, now I, I am pulling in some data from last year to leaven out these numbers and make sure that they're less wonky. Um, what they did a really good job of so far is containing big plays. Um, and uh, they're they don't have a big run pass split right now. Colorado does. Colorado is throw 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 the ball a lot, right? Like Sanders was on. I mean that's like I'm I'm it's. It's going to be interesting because, like, even if Debrat, like, they're going to make mistakes. They're not going to be. They're not going to be probably as good as they will be later on. You know, this season with once rules, you know, got him playing the kind of defense he wants. But they're going to largely be well coached. I mean, I think Matt Rules a really, really good defensive mind. I'm just like, I think this gives us another point. Like, I, I'm one of those ones of like, I don't like. If you want me to sit, like, I am happy to stand here and say, like, Colorado's probably a top 60 football team coming into this, like, after after what we saw with TCU. That's amazing. That's amazing. I still don't know if they're better than 50 or 40 or what. Like, that's an open question still. That's the part where I'm like, yeah, we still got to figure that part out. Yeah. I'm going to... So so I went three and five. You went five and three on the week. So we're, we're still working through the off, you know, the, the off season, or at least I am, the cobwebs and stuff. I want to take Colorado. Everything that I'm looking at says to take Colorado, but laying a three and sitting on it, boy, howdy. Uh, that that makes me worried. I'm going to take Nebraska. I think that the run defense and their run offense is, is going to equalize this game. Yeah. I think it's going to drag Colorado down into the muck. It's going to be slower than they want to do. And this Colorado team is still putting things together. Um, I I would love to see, you know, another win from Colorado on, on this and they certainly can, but I just like you, like you mentioned, Matt rules and an idiot. Like, he know, he's, he's got some of this stuff on tape. Now he understands what he's up against. This is a defense that should be decent. And if, if Nebraska isn't dumb and runs the football, I think that this is going to be a game that is the exact opposite of what we just <laughs> saw in a, uh, in Fort Worth. So g- give me Colorado or I'm sorry, g- give me, give me Nebraska. I'll take the three points and I'm not going to bet this. This is just for the podcast. I'm going to watch this with like pure, uh, unbridled joy, like unbridled joy, uh, in terms of what I'm going to see. But what, what do you got here? Rob? I, I mean, with the three points, I'm God, it sounds crazy. I'm going to take Colorado. I mean, I just, I, I, like, I, I think rule is close, but not like it. Well, no, I'm not. I think Sims, I think Sims is going to run for like 200 yards. <laughs> I think this is a close game. I, I think I actually going to take Nebraska because I think Nebraska's defense will be better. Um, 
than Colorado's in this game, and I think that Col- like I think Colorado's defense is going to get exploited by Sims in a way that maybe TCU couldn't. I mean, because they're not. I mean, Nebraska is not going to th- like if if Nebraska throws the ball forty times in this game, they're things have gone very bad, right? Like in Nebraska has like, I, I, we should also say like Nebraska has the capability now with the new clock rules and the way they can run the football to kill some clock in this game, right? Like they yeah. can cut down the number of overall drives too, in a way that maybe they couldn't in the past. And like that, that yeah, I'll, I'm with you actually come to think of it. I've, I've talked myself into Nebraska. I, I'm going to take the ender if, if anybody actually pops that line back up, because I just, um, I don't think that, I think a lot of people are jumping on the high flying offense and they don't understand like a, a lot of the, the, the public is going to just take that over intrinsically. And I think that I think the under, I, I'd like to see what that number is. Cause I would likely actually jump on that one. Um, that line in this upcoming line, you know, Utah is a seven and a half point favorite over Baylor um, on the road at Baylor. Both of these lines are going to be either the, wow, that was the dumbest line of all time, or yep, that's why there's gambling and there are companies that make profit off of it because both of these are are lines that you kind of take a look at and you just cock your head to the side and go, huh, I'm wondering about that because Utah 24, Florida 11. We mentioned on this show that obviously most people knew that Cam Rising was going to be out, but one of the things that we highlighted was it was likely that Brent Keithy was out and he was also. So Utah straight up won this game without their starting quarterback and starting tight end. <laughs> which is bonkers. And a couple defensive line starters. <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, look, we've said this on the show. Andy Ludwig is a good offensive coordinator. Um, I know that Cam Rising, I know he's had good quarterbacks, but he's used them well and he's done interesting things. And this is exhibits like X on, right. on what, what he he's able to do. He Vanderbilt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, um, just kind of looking into the box score here. I mean, I, it was it was fascinating to see what they did, right? Dual th- they did the dual quarterbacks, which which was brilliant, right? You had Barnes, yeah. who just freaking gunned it down seventy yards to open the the game. Hell yeah. yeah! Oh man, I was so excited about that. And then Nate Johnson using his legs and moving around. Um, that's all they needed to do. And like you mentioned, even without some players on the defensive side, um, they're playing Graham Mertz and. I, I still right like I t- on the show like for me I said oh I'll take Florida if if um uh, if Rising and Keithy are out and they were so I, I lost this um, but it's a testament to what Utah has been able to put together I mean Micah Bernard had a pretty decent day um, not not an uh, an explosion of offense but I think they played a pretty good Florida defense route. Yeah, they I mean I'm interested to see where I mean we talk about like hey where are these everybody going <coughs> to sort of shake out here. I think that one of the things that was a real deciding factor in this game is like, and if you followed Billy Napier's Louisiana teams and like his Florida team last season, I mean, his, his offense is, he likes to run the football first. He, he employs two offensive line coaches on his, team, <laughs> on his staff. So they really emphasize running the football and they ran into, it does appear that like last season, Utah's run defense is a buzzsaw. And I like, I mean, that put Florida in the position where Billy Napier appears to be pretty uncomfortable having to call a game where he has to throw the ball to compete. Like last season, what torched Utah was, I mean, Richardson, I think is a better quarterback, but Richardson could also run, right? Like, and the mobile quarterback really hurt Utah last year. 
this season, not so much. And Mertz, like, I mean, Mertz, like, Mertz, but I mean, I think that if you're a Utah fan, like, the, the the really good here is like even without your starters the run defense was fantastic right like um and i thought that i thought that utah's offense like again like without keithy and without rising like that's a huge limiting factor the fact that they were still able to move the ball around and put up some points was a major thing for them i think and like ludwig like we talked about like ludwig's gonna be fine they also get i mean like they're gonna get a baylor team that's quite a bit depleted and just absolutely tripped tripped right out the door (laughs) this season but i would have like the i know this is gonna sound like i'm like peeing in the punch bowl here but like i mert still threw for 300 yards in an offense that wasn't all that friendly to him and the quarterback position like i i'm not i mean like we talked about coming into the year utah's pass defense has to get better and while yeah they made Graham Wharton and Mertz and with and Billy Napier look foolish with no running game I don't know like I I, I didn't see anything in this game that was like oh man like they're gonna be that's gonna be better for them and I don't know that we're gonna get it tested for them till we really get in the conference play which is I mean good for Utah right like yeah. I mean you you maybe have a chance to like break some guys in and try to improve it um but yeah I mean like and it's about, I think the one bummer is like, I'm just, we're not, we're not really going to get to see. And like rising does seem to be cleared enough to like be participating in practice, I think to some level. So I don't, I, I expect them to come back pretty sharp when they let them in, um, let them into play. Um, but I, I'm, I'm less, I'm less convinced. Um, I'm less convinced on, this this past defense so far but you know anyway like i yeah rising should come in and he should be ha- like ready to go um i think the running game is going to be fine i like that was impressive too because like utah came out um and they were able to run the ball all right you know and but i think it's it's hard when they don't have rising and keithy there to like take some of the pressure off yeah i'm looking at this line all right it's, it's actually popped up to eight and a half now okay. and so, so Baylor, right, lost to Texas State at home, 42 to 31. Yeah. They could not run the ball against Texas State. That's a problem, right? Like the, on 32 carry, I mean, we'll take out, let's take out sacks. On 28 carries, they had like 100 yards against Texas State. Problem, massive problem. Uh, but Blake Shapin was able to throw the ball around uh, their quarterback. And yeah, like, he's out. Oh, is he out? Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Because I was about to take Baylor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I told you and just didn't let you. <laughs> oh, no. That's terrible. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Um, all right. I'll, th- like, I'll take Utah. The, the, thing, the thing that worries me is, right, Nate Johnson and Bryson Barnes, like, Barnes on the road. I mean, like, ba- like you say what you want, but, like, Baylor dropped one. But this team still like this is still a power five team that has a decent defensive coach. Um, but without a quarterback, holy smokes, like right, because because you can have a quarterback thrown all over Utah and then it's a problem. And that was their weakness on the defensive side. But if they don't have a quarterback. I'll take the eight and a half. I'll am. Um, I'll, I'll take yeah, Taylor. Give me the Utes. Uh, the right now it's at Utah at 11 in beta rank. Baylor's at 57 um, and the naive spread. Is it is it almost ten points? So yeah, give me definitely give me Utah here. Man, I would have really liked to see 
a quarterback sling it around and see see how Utah reacts, right? Because obviously they have a good defensive coordinator too, and historically a good secondary. I think it's a little shaky this year, though. We'll see. Yeah. Right. If 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 Baylor moves the ball in this game through the air, that's Oof. a problem, Utah fans. So let's keep an yeah. eye on that. Um, all right, next game. Arizona State 24, Southern Utah 21. Look, this is an FCS team. We don't spend a lot of time on this, but Arizona State has a big game coming up against Oklahoma State at home. Um, couple, couple items here, you know, Jaden Rashada, 18 for 31, eh, 236 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, but pretty inconsistent in the way that he was throwing the ball around. Um, yeah. you know, ASU did what it does, which is rush the football fairly well. Um, Cam Scadabo over from, uh, Sacramento state. It was the rushing guy there. Um, Xavier Gilroy, Jalen Conyers were the top pass catchers. Um, look, this game was way closer. I don't know how much I'm going to put into it because of the massive break in between, um, yeah. you know, the game. And so like a lot of Utah's Southern Utah's, um, uh, points came in the second half. One of them was on a uh, scoop and score. Um, uh, but also like one of the things to keep in mind was ASU, like, I mean, there was an 81 yard punt return that set them up for a score. Um, yeah. Southern Utah had a touchdown called back for targeting. Uh, they ended up scoring anyway, but like nine penalties for a hundred yards for ASU. Like this, I think this team sucks. Like I do uh, now, you know, I, I, I'll give them a little bit of a pass here, but like they're going to run into an Oklahoma state team. That's kind of trying to put things together too, but I was not impressed. It, it's a, a wonky yeah. game, but not impressed with the results. No, and it's tough, too, because, like, Oklahoma State went out and did not play well against their own FCS opponent, the Central Arkansas Bears. Um, you Scotty know. Pippen's on the modern. Conway, Conway, Arkansas. Let's go. I mean, they gave up 391 yards. They were only up um, by six. They were only up by six points heading into the fourth quarter. Um. You know, they allowed, uh, they, the, they gave up 4.4 yards per carry to central Arkansas. Um, and they, I mean, and they only averaged 6.3 yards per pass against central Arkansas in this game. Now they, you know, they, they did eat like it was even on turnovers. They only won 27 to 13. Um, I think Oklahoma state still has better talent than, than ASU does in this game. Um, but it, like when I, when I was like, Oh, what did Oklahoma state do? I was like, Oh, Oh, that's not good. Um, I mean, it looked like ASU had some positives, you know, like Rashada was pretty good. The completion percentage obviously needs to improve. Um, I don't think, I mean, ASU ran the ball. All right. You'd like to see them be able to run the ball a lot better, um, in this game, but it does feel fairly close. Bader rank has this at about four points for Oklahoma yeah. state. I'm, I'm going with the Cowboys in this game. Um, you know, I just think that they like for two teams that struggled out of the gate, I think Oklahoma state's got more experience on the coaching staff and more experience of the players. Yeah, that, that was, that was my angle too, where if it's a close game, I'm going to give it to the coach that's been doing this for like two decades, extremely yeah. successfully versus like new coach, new team. One of the things to keep in mind is I, I like you mentioned, Rob, I don't think this is a gimme. I don't think Oklahoma state comes in and blows out, uh, no. ASU. I don't think ASU is good, but I don't think Oklahoma state is, is all that good. One, one thing to, to really, um, uh, to, to like look at is I think Rashada throws some picks and I think that I think 
even though this Oklahoma State team was stripped of a lot of players, like that—that's the yeah. one thing to keep in mind. They, they got they got portaled the he- like people stripped and portaled and graduation. This is kind of a new team, also, but the I, j- I just trust that coaching staff a little bit more. I will lay the three and a half. I'm not super excited about it. This is a good barometer for ASU, though. Like if they beat, yeah. uh, like uh, this will be a well coached bad team. Right, and if they're able to knock that, I think that clears that first hurdle of of what your expectations are for ASU. I think that's about. I mean, like if you're ASU, you'd like to see this game close. Like both of these teams are stumbling around. This feels like Oklahoma State feels like they might be in the market for a new offensive coordinator at the end of this season. Um, You know, we'll see where they shake out on the defensive side. They've got a new DC in place because Derek Mason decided to retire. I, yeah, I mean, like, but if you're ASU, like, I mean, Oklahoma State's probably somewhere on like the bottom third of the Big 12, like, but not at the absolute bottom, like, kind of like, you know, maybe in that, maybe like somewhere in between like tier three and tier two um, this season. Like, if you're ASU, you were horrible last year. If you can hang with Oklahoma State, that probably puts you as like in the 60s as a bad power five team. That's improvement. And you should be excited for Kenny Dillingham's first year if that's where you are. Yeah. All right, let's get to our next round of games, and let's do it right after this. All right, we're back. We're talking UCLA. 27, Coastal Carolina, 13. We said it on this show, and I'm such an idiot, Rob. I'm, you know, I'm, I, we're like, I basically was like, yeah, Chip Kelly doesn't care about you know, non-conference games, but I'm going to take him anyway, laying 13 and a half or whatever it was against uh, I think it was 14 and a half against Coastal Carolina. Um, and of course, right? Like, and I knew this. Oh, he, he comes out. He says, I'm going to start three quarterbacks. I should immediately go like that. That's when the alarms go off in your head. And you remember, like, this man does not care. This man is trying to figure things out in the first three games. Yeah. He's like the Dana Altman of, of college football coaches in the Pac-12. Like, he just does not care at the beginning of the season. He wants <laughs> Dana Altman actually recruits. <laughs> that's yeah, that's true. Dana Altman recruits like a madman. Um, th- look. We, we tried the Ethan Garber show, and that looks like it's over. looks like we're Dante Moore all day, every day. Um, unless, you're, unless you're in Chip Kelly's press conferences. Where oh, he what keeps, was he? he? He keeps saying it's not over. It's over. I mean, like, look, <coughs> if, if Garbers can't move the ball and is throwing two picks against Coastal Carolina, like, good luck against San Diego State because that's going to be a well-coached yeah. defense. Right. Um, I think we'll see, like, you know, and it wasn't like Moore had a great day. He was almost 50% completion, two touchdowns a pick. Um, I mean, UCLA was able to rush the ball 153 yards on the ground against Coastal. But I I think the thing to keep in mind is I thought that Grayson McCall was going to be running around a little bit more. And, I mean, he put up 270 yards on on UCLA's secondary. I guess the question in this game is, like, is is San Diego State going to score points i mean i don't trust this defense at all from ucla but i don't trust the offense either yeah i mean that's the like the tough one that that is you're 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 100 right in that like do i want to rely on and san diego state for a hot minute um looked like they were actually putting it together last season like to the, the very end of last year putting it together a little bit on offense um now they did beat Ohio uh, in a game where like they knocked out Ohio starting quarterback that really hurt um, but they didn't have yeah I mean in their one game against FBS competition they didn't have a really good offensive game they only put up 318 yards um, 
they were only getting 5.9 per pass. Um, now they did get five per carry on 31 rush attempts. Um, you know, but like Ohio, you know, if Ohio, you know, if Ohio's starting quarterback is is in that game, they Ohio wins that game. They turn the ball over three times and then had their backup in there. I don't have any faith in San Diego State because like UCLA's got a decent front seven. We talked about this, right? Like, and I think that works. Like the way to the way to torch UCLA is in the air because that secondary ain't it. Um, but I'm not convinced that that's San Diego State. You know, like in McCall, like McCall, like you know that that Coastal Carolina offense was like an interesting take on like a very uh, modern option football at times, right? Um, and now, of course, like Jamie Chadwell's off to Liberty. Grayson McCall is like hanging out with the new new coaching staff. Like, I'm not sure McCall. Like, I mean, McCall's a fun college quarterback. I'm not sure that he fits into the new coastal offense in the way like and i'm not sure they're gonna like line up be able to line up and throw the ball all year anyway um so i i i like ucla in this game but like i gotta wait i gotta go back and look what's the by 13 13 and and a half half. Ooh. i mean like beta ranks got it at 17 i don't think you like i don't think sdsu can like kill a ton of clock running the football against ucla oh it feels hard though because like dante moore could throw a pick against this i mean he could throw two picks against the san diego state defense right like they're pretty good yep like for it actually moved up to 14 and a half so i'll give you that if you want it um it opened at 13 it popped up a point you know chip kelly's gonna play guard you know he's gonna play the kent state transfer too (laughs) (laughs) Gotta give Schley some love here, like, you know, especially when you see. You know that's gonna happen in this dumb game, right? Like, like Dante Moore is gonna get like you know like fifty percent of the snaps. Um, either that or Kelly's being coy. That guy never answers a question straight. So, I oh man, I'm taking San Diego State. I just think this game could be like stupid, dumb, and low scoring, and like UCLA just pulls it out. But I mean, I, I expect him to win by ten. I think that probably feels more right. The question here is how many points do you think San Diego state is going to score? Right. Like they're going to score 13 points. Yeah. I think the UCLA defense is a little better than it was last year. Yeah. Um, If they get to 17, I think that's still because the defense is going to be good. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, I, I, with a, with a good defense, I'll take the points too. It, it it did pop to 14 and a half. Let's run with that. The under is interesting. It's 48 and a half, which is, which is right. The average under is about 54 for a college game, but that might be the play. Um, just because I don't think there's going to be a ton of points scored from San Diego state. And I think UCLA is going to have to earn it. So, um, we know they yeah. like to run the football. I think that's, what's going to be hard is like, I don't think they're going to be able to run the football really well in this game. Um, because I think Sandy and I think they're going to have to throw it. And I think San Diego state can put pressure. Yeah. Well, keep an eye on that. I mean, it's an interesting, it's, it's like a, a interesting matchup for UCLA. If UCLA can just shut the door on San Diego state, the problem is like, I'm not going to be super impressed. Eh, good for you. <laughs> but, it, but if they allow 21 points, then it'd be like, Holy smokes. Like they need to, they got to do something because yeah. the defense is still bad. Yeah. So uh, let's go to the next game here. So Washington state just 
rolled and smoked Colorado State. You called this, Rob. I thought CSU was going to be better under Jay Norvell. I thought that they were going to put in a little bit more of a team together, and that wasn't the case. Washington State, um, Cam Ward looked pretty good, 37-49, He was, he was cheeky pass. early, but he got going. Yeah, yeah. In the beginning, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> but you're right. He really did kind of step it on a little bit. But, like, I mean, when when if you're – a Washington State fan, and you take a look at that box score, and you see Cam Ward be able to throw it. I think he threw it over a terrible defense. So yes. let's just call a spade a spade here. Like when Lincoln Victor has 168 yards, I, I just I don't think these wide receivers are particularly good for Washington State, which leads me to think that that the Colorado State was just kind of a mess. Um, but they they dropped a 50 burger. They were able to keep this game for the most part out of reach. I know it was a slow start. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that worries me, Rob, is they gave up 320 yards through the air. <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> yeah. To Colorado State. What do you think? I mean, I like the thing to watch out for for if you're Washington State is their Wisconsin and their their OC is Phil Longo. And everybody thinks of Phil Longo and thinks of the air raid, you know. Um, and he came up as an air raid guy. A lot of his North Carolina, some of his North Carolina teams, even with Drake May, they ran the ball really, really well. Um, and they now they were against Buffalo, but they ran it for 314 last week in that game. And they averaged 7.9 per carry. They didn't ask a lot from Tanner Mordecai in that game. Um, he threw two picks anyway. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, but like the defense, like, I mean, so the defense, they've got, uh, I want to say Luke Fickle has like Jim Tressel's kid is his DC. Like you, and you know, from those Cincinnati teams, like, you know, like the defense should be all right for Wisconsin, right? Like, I, I think that like, they're going to be a lot more disciplined. Like last year's team just sort of kind of fell apart. Um, but they did a pretty good job, you know, against Buffalo's offense, you know, holding, like really holding their quarterback in check. Um, you know, Buffalo only put up 17 points in that game. I mean, I, I think that's my main concern coming into this um, with Wazoo because, you know, like I, as I recall last season, and I'm going to look right now, um, they were a little better against. Yeah, they were a little, they were at 30 and effective pass, 40 and effective rush. My concern here is that. Wisconsin's going to come in and, and really be able to run the ball pretty well uh, in this game. And I look, we like, I mean, I like Dickert. I like his defense. I, um, so yeah, like I, 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 I think the, I think they have a, I think Washington state has like, this should be a really fun game. I think, um, I think our buckle showed out with cam ward in against Colorado state. Yeah, they were really bad, but like cam, cam, cam ward managed to look bad against bad last year. So just to be able to show up and to like complete the assignment was a huge win. Um, I think if you're a Washington state fan, but that, I mean that I think may, should make it really fun. I just, I, I do think Wisconsin is going to be like, I, I think Wisconsin, unlike last year where Wisconsin was running like the, the dumbest, that game was so dumb on Wisconsin's yeah. offense. I don't think that's the case this season. Like I, I, I think they can move the ball. I think they're going to run the ball really well. Um, and if Mordecai doesn't make mistakes, like it's going to narrow the window for Washington state to get through. My worry is that you have, I think this game is close. I don't think, I don't think uh, Wisconsin comes in and blows out Washington state. Yeah. I think Washington state has a chance to win the game, 
but man, six and a half, like with the Wisconsin offense that's putting itself together. I guess my question is, what was the defense last year? You know, where were they on the run pass splits? Oh, Wisconsin. Yeah. So Wisconsin was 18 in effective rush, 40 in effective pass. They did struggle a little bit defending the pass last season. Um, it is, there's a new DC in town, you know, and, and Fickle's a defensive minded coach himself. Um, so I expect that to improve, but I, I do think this Washington, like, I think what we saw is, you know, like, and, and we'll find out because like Wisconsin, I don't think their defense is going to be bad this year. I think their defense is going to be in the top 25. So this is going to tell us a lot about where Arbuckle and Cam Ward are. Like they're going to need to be able to move the ball and put up points here. If they're going to take the step forward that they need to take, I think that they're going to be, you know, like, you know, that they're going to have to show up here. And they're gonna have to match. I mean, it could be a little bit of like they're gonna, they might end up in a shootout with the Wisconsin run game. I just, I can't, I cannot bet on Cam Ward and the, and these wide receivers. I can't do it, Rob. I'm gonna take Wisconsin. There's six two, and a there's half. two quarterbacks that like you could not like. It's like do like your choice is like do I gamble on Tanner Mordecai who just threw two picks against Buffalo in a game where his running oh, yeah. in a game where the running game was rolling. Or do I put money on Cam Ward, who we have seen in person? <laughs> like, can't I can't? Yeah, I'm, I can't do it. I'm gonna take Wisconsin. I'm with you. I'm gonna take Wisconsin here. I think the running game. Like, I just I have a lot of faith in like Longo's execution of a really interesting run game behind a pr- like what I think was still a pretty good Wisconsin offensive line uh, and some good running back talent. And I don't think if Tanner Mordecai avoids picks then i think they should be fine yeah if you're what this is not dumping on washington state like i think washington state is better than it was last yeah. year on the offensive side i think that's just uh <laughs> i just don't know if this is the team to to you know it's be able to pull away it's um, tough because beta rank has this as closer like beta rank has this as about two on the naive spread um but beta ranks a little lower on wisconsin after the off year that they had last season than i think like, I think they're probably like, I think the model's probably underrating Wisconsin a little bit right now. Okay. Next game. All right. Well, let's, let's do this. Cause it was just, it was beautiful. I, I was able to watch most of these games. I didn't get a, an eye on a lot of the FCS games, although I saw a couple of them. Um, <laughs> I just had a ball watching Washington state throw the ball every possible <laughs> corner of this, this football field. Um, Michael Penix, 40, uh, 29 to 45 <laughs> touchdowns. Um, Roma Duze, like Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillan, all, almost all three of them got three, uh, almost all three of them got a hundred yards each. McMillan was five yards short, but he got like 19 yards on the ground. Um, this was a delight. It was just really fun watching Washington be able to load up. The one thing that, that was interesting here, they won 56, 19 against Boise state. The thing that jumped out for me in this game though, was Boise State left a number of points on the field. Yeah. Like that quarterback is not good. No. And he missed multiple open players like in stride that would have been points. I mean, Washington would have still won this game, but it but this game should have been closer. It should have been like 56-30, which isn't saying too much, but um I just wanted to flag that because I still don't know if this defense is great. They gave up 264 yards um through the air, but it could have been better. Um they gave up 138 rushing, which isn't terrible, but I mean this is this is USC, but like with a likable coach and um, you know like a, uh, a, a more like you know a staff that isn't is pretentious. I I just love this Washington team. 
No, this Washington team, I mean, like, they're going to pick up exactly where they left off on offense, it appears. And, like, they should have a time of it. Like, Tulsa's a decent group of five team. They finished at 74 overall in beta rank last year. 72 on defense. They were a little bit, I mean, they actually had a pretty big run pass, but they were 39 in effective pass versus 106 in effective rush. But I, I don't think being 39 in effective pass is going to help you all that much against Washington. Um, they had a decent group of five offense, 74 overall. Um. I mean, I think it is what we talked, I mean, like what we talked about with Washington coming in, like, I don't think that this, I don't think that this team is going to really test Washington here. You know, like Washington is like, they're going to, Washington should roll against Tulsa. Now Tulsa had a pretty good game against Arkansas Pine Bluff. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The bluffs. But it was, (coughs) it was, you know, like Washington is going to be a, Oh, geez. I, I'm still recovering from all the smoke in Glacier National Park. Um, oh. I <coughs> I just don't expect this to be the game. I think Washington covers like I, you know, it seems like a lot of points. Um, yeah, it seems like a lot of points. <laughs> it is. Right. It is at home. <laughs> With a hook. Right. Um, you know, like, I mean, I guess the only question is, like, does Washington take off the foot off? Like, do they take the foot off the gas? Like, when do the subs come in? Like, because, like, it, with Boise, I mean, it almost felt fucking, or, sorry, it almost felt personal, right? Yeah. Like, it almost felt, yeah. it almost, like, I was like, why is Panic still in here? Like, Boise is not doing a thing. I mean, like, I guess you just want to get him some, like, game reps, like, but, like, what is he doing in this game? Like, go sit down, man. <laughs> Well, that it, it particularly because they couldn't get it going on the ground, yeah. right? I mean, they they lose uh, Cam Davis, right? Cam Davis, yeah. Oh, man, there's so many names. Uh, which w- they it, it was interesting to me because DeBoer made that seem like it was devastating, and I'm looking at the offense going like, you guys run the ball like one once every four times, like you're this isn't that big, but it, maybe it's pass blocking or I don't quite know. Yeah. But when you take a look at the box score, like they had a lot of guys run the ball, but not often and not successfully. Yeah. So you would assume that they would just be running the ball just to kind of get those guys some reps and just figure that out. They didn't do that. Um, my worry, Rob, is I am not sold on this defense. I still am right. not. Um, I- I'm curious, what was Tulsa's offense last year? And what were they? You said 74, but, you know, was was this? That's a pretty decent offense. That's a decent group of five from- offense. Um, they were at 81 in effective rush, 60 in effective pass. So, I mean, what, like what you'd like to have coming in to face Washington, right, is you'd like to have somebody that's, you know, like even if you're at 74, they've got a huge run pass split and they just throw the ball over the place, right? Like, um, but you don't have that, unfortunately, for, for the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. Uh, and really like Boise last season offensively, they were at 68. They were at 87 in effective pass. Like, and it, it kind of showed, I felt like in the game, like Boise was not a good, they really just were not like Boise finished ahead of where Tulsa finished last year in, in beta rank. I just, I, I, I struck like it is, you're not wrong though. I mean, I think you can still put up points, you know, and, um, you know, maybe, maybe, the, you know, maybe Tulsa doesn't make this glaring mistakes that Boise state made. Um, and maybe Penix isn't in the game as long. And so maybe it's not, you know, uh, like, cause they got, I mean, they got a 35, I mean, they got a, you know, a, a 37 point win against Boise at home. Um, I feel, I mean, it feels, I mean, you know, they're going to cook Tulsa. It's just, 
the the buy how much. Yeah, I mean, there were some players wide TF open like that were just yeah. <laughs> like, you go oh man. And the, you and know, honestly, I'm, a look like, at, and I'm at, sorry, like the pass rush was not great. I'll take the points. I think they're going to, I mean, they're going to drop another 50, 50 to 60 burger on this team, but I just think that they're going to give it 34 and a half as a lot. Yeah. Um, the thing that worries me is it looks like Tulsa's breaking in a new quarterback. So I'm just double checking here. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you're kind of betting on a, a quarterback that hasn't really seen the field outside of, uh, Arkansas pine bluff, like in college period. So keep an eye on that, but I'll take the I'll take the points. Um, I will be glad if if Washington proves me wrong because that means that they're just uh, that means the defense might have taken a step forward and they're they're willing to go. Uh, and then oh, how about you, Rob? What, what are you doing? I'll take uh, I'll take Washington. We okay. got to disagree at some point. Yeah, I know we've been on the same we've been on the same page right here, and I'm like, right, here. now we need. To- All right, last right, last uh, back half of the Pac-12 games. Let's get to them right after this. All right, we're back. Let's get this over with. Oregon 81, Portland State 7. Who cares? Like, I'm sorry. Like, so, Rob, one of the things that you mentioned on the podcast last week was um, Portland State just being a really terrible pass defense yeah. and, um, and defense in general. And lo and behold, like, even Ty Thompson was uh, 7 for 8 with a touchdown. Right. So I think that kind of highlights roundabouts what the, the level of play was. I think Oregon's trying to make a statement, right? They're trying to get Bo Nix, the Heisman. They're putting all those banners up in like New York City and Dallas and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Anything anything you want to say about this is ridiculous. And oh, I guess one more thing. There was a point in my life where I looked at the box score. It was like midnight and it was like Arizona 70, Idaho 0. And I'm just going, we're back. Man, the desert swarm is back. This team is going to be awesome. And Arizona won like five games that year. Yeah, so like yeah. opponent matters. I mean, obviously, Oregon's significantly better than Arizona. This is a team that could make the playoff. But um, anything to say about this this performance against the Vikings? No, I mean was, they they absolutely crushed them. I don't know. Like, don't watch bad football. Um, I mean, if you're an Oregon fan, I'm sure it was fun. But like, I, there there are literally zero lessons to take away from this game. Yeah, I totally agree. It's fascinating their matchup coming up, though, right? Because they're a seven-point favorite on the road against Texas Tech. Going to Lubbock is like going to the moon. I bet, I've so been I think to Lubbock. That's, that's it is the moon. They're gonna they're gonna throw tortillas <laughs> uh, at you. They're gonna you're gonna have good you're gonna have good food, I think, while you're there. We'll we'll see. I haven't actually. I've been to many parts of Texas. I have not been to Lubbock. How's the food there, Rob? Yeah, uh, I mean, there's not, I don't have I don't have much kind to say. Like, don't go to Lubbock. That's that's the best advice <laughs> I can give anyone. Like, if you end up in Lubbock, like you per, you you don't end up in Lubbock without intending to get there. There's no, it's not a stop on the way to anywhere. Um, no, no, and it is yeah, it is the giraffe neck in Texas yeah. almost. Like you got to go way up north. Yeah, I, it, I have. I don't know. I mean, I, I had a really good time in Lubbock, but it was it was because of I was still drinking at the time, and I was like 23 or no, I was like 21. Well, you can have a good time anywhere with enough booze and, yeah, and uh, you know, yeah. like uh, and being young and young, young and, uh, young and dumb. And there were a lot of there were a lot of coeds around. It was it was it was a good time had by all. Um, <laughs> but they get I mean, like they do get a Texas Tech team that like went up, went up to Laramie and got beat. 
you know, like in a team that looked like they were improving. I mean, certainly not looked like they were improved last season over what they had been under McGuire. Like I, we like the, I mean, I like the offensive coordinator at Texas tech. Um, you know, they just kind of like they, they Texas tech rushed out to a 17 to nothing lead against Wyoming. Um, and then only scored three more points in the rest of regulation. And Wyoming just kind of chipped away, uh, you know, over the rest of the game uh, to get it tied up and sent into overtime and then, you know, managed to pull it out in overtime. Um, now, why now Texas tech outgained Wyoming. Tyler Shuck had a, had a decent game, uh, not a great game, but Wyoming has um, a traditionally under Craig bowl, a pretty good group of five defense. Um you know, they just, they often really struggle offensively. Now, Wyoming ran the ball when you take out the sacks and everything, like ran the ball pretty well. Peasley in particular, uh, Wyoming's quarterback really hurt him with his legs. And that was part of the problem. Um, but yeah, Texas, Tech, I mean, like after running out to all those points, like Texas Tech just like kept stumbling uh, and, and, and wasn't able to put up points um, really over, you know, a, you know, a lot of the back half. They were improved last year on defense in particular with uh, Tim DeRuiter as the defensive coordinator. Oh, that's yeah, right. Didn't work out for him at Oregon, but he he did improve the Texas Tech defense. Um, you know, and last year offensively, they finished at 34 overall in beta rank. Um, and they throw the ball and, and Oregon struggled to defend the pass last year. That's right. Like, I, this is going to be the first game. Like, I look, I think Oregon's the better team. You know, but the question is, is like by how much and they're on the road. Knicks can certainly run the ball as well as Peasley. He's really mobile and he's certainly shown that he can, you know, throw the ball around, you know, as well. You know, we're going to get to see that. But I, I mean, I think this Texas, like, I think this Texas Tech offense is going to, going to have a better game than they had last week. I mean, they, I say that as like, I'm not saying Wyoming's going to end up with a better defense than Oregon. I'm just saying like, they did some dumb stuff last week and they should, they probably should have a little bit of that out of their system. I, when I think of Oregon, I always think of the offense first, right? I mean, the defense was a problem last year, but you, like you mentioned, they were the least problematic, problematic defense of the problematic defenses, yeah. you know, in the PAC 12 among, you know, at the higher echelon of the conference. Right. I mean, this is the test. Can, can they actually put things together? Is Dan Lanning, you know, was he, Part was he along for the ride, or is he calling the plays and actually, you know, had the hand in what was what Kirby Smart was doing? I think they're going to put up points. I'm not as worried about that. I, what, what were the splits for Texas Tech last year? Because this is more of the teams we've talked about. This is more of a cohesive unit than we had in um, uh, than some of these other teams yeah. that have brought in transfers. And people do like. I mean, they like. I mean, I think Joey McGuire is an inter- a really interesting, good coach. Um, so Texas Tech was 31 on defense last season. They have no big run pass, but 31 an effective rush, 34 an effective pass. The one thing to keep an eye on is Oregon was almost all explosive last year. The number five overall in explosive drives on offense versus 30 on drive efficiency. That is flipped for Texas Tech. They were number one overall in drive efficiency on defense last season. They used the field to their advantage, found ways to get off the field, but they were 56 in giving up explosive plays that's not where you want to be when you're going to face Oregon, right? Who relies on big play. Now it's going to be interesting. Oregon's got a new OC. We'll see how that plays out. I still expect them to be fairly explosive. So they should be able to get some points in this game. Um, But you flip it around and 
Offensively, Texas Tech was at 34 last year. They were at 22 in effective pass versus 56 in effective rush. They were very efficient last season, eight overall in drive efficiency. So when they did put up points, it was usually from putting together long drives. Oregon's defense was at 45 overall. They were at 71 in effective pass versus 27 in effective rush. That's my concern in this game. Is yeah. like, I mean, it's on the road. Um, you know, and to be frank, too, like, it's not like DeRuiter doesn't know some of the guys, you know, like, don't know all of them. But like, I mean, he, he he's going to be somewhat familiar. Like, I like I. I, I struggle with this one. Beta ranks got it by Oregon on the road at about four point two. I don't know. I don't again. I don't know. Like, I mean, like part of me is like, oh, no, Oregon's going to put up a couple of really big plays in this game. But I also think Texas Tech will, too. Yeah. All right. I, I initially had Texas Tech. The, the, the couple things worry me here. Um, the, the thing in favor of Oregon is I don't think Lanning steps off the gas if they win. I think yeah. I think if they're up by three, they go for the <laughs> touchdown in the fourth quarter because he's trying to get Nick's the Heisman. Yeah. So keep that in mind. I, this is a team that is not going to give a quarter. And like and I think that they're trying to make a statement as they go into the Big Ten. Yeah. So that's the worry here. Um, at the same time, trusting Oregon's defense on the road is like not, has not been a, a, <laughs> a great proposition. Right. And I didn't realize Texas tech was as good on offenses as, as they were uh, in the numbers. So, and I mean, like, it's like the Tyler shot. I mean, like, here's the fun one is like, I would having watched the Tyler shock experience for a couple of years now, I would not want to put money on Tyler shock. <laughs> like, yeah, but is he motivated yeah. for a revenge game? I don't know. I mean, because like he's like he did have as did Donovan. I mean, like all the Texas Tech quarter, they had horrible injury luck at quarterback last year. Um, all of them had yep. decent games last year at stretches, and then they also had stretches of doing impossibly stupid things. Um, yeah, I I'm oh man, I'm going to take Oregon just because I think they're going to. I think the big plays are there. But I think if you're an Oregon fan, I think you might be disappointed with how your defense plays in this game. Yeah, I'm gonna. F- seven's a hard. So seven's funny. a I really just, good number for this. Is a really good number for this game. Unfortunately, like yeah, because because you want to take the seven, you're like ah, oh, Oregon's gonna put up the, the points. But like it's hard. It's hard to play on the road. Just period. Yeah. End of story. Now they got to play against a team that's pretty good that just got punched in the face by um, by Wyoming and, and it's the line didn't move. I mean, like that stadium is going to be loud and nuts, right? Like, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, like Texas. I mean, Texas Tech is in the middle of nowhere. That also tells you there there ain't nothing else to do but go to the game. <laughs> like it's a dry <laughs> county. It's true. a dry county. You got now Texas counties are tiny, so you you put you got to drive outside the county line to get liquor you know like i mean so it is you know there's they're 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 gonna they're gonna party all day and go to the game and it's gonna be it's gonna be loud and crazy and they do throw tortillas all right give me give me tech um i'm i think i think oregon wins but i think this is closer than than i had anticipated next game in conference usc so like usc beat the tar out of nevada um look williams did whatever he wanted and the wide receivers are good, but they gave up 14 points in Nevada. And like one of those was just a, just a ridiculous, like this, this defense is not good. This, this USC defense is not fixed. Um, you know, they, they, they made this big deal about like, uh, 
um, I forget the guy's name, but a true freshman, you know, you know, linebacker. He's got the number. He's out there and he's starting. And then he he gets called for targeting and costs basically a <laughs> touchdown for um, yeah. for USC on a stop. Like there's just a like Eric Gentry. Like people are waiting bated breath. Is Eric Gentry gonna gonna be in this game? That's not a good sign, right? That, that is Shane Lee gonna be. It, Stanford Stanford's a 29 and a half point favor or a dog uh, on on the road uh, against Stanford. And I thought what they did to Hawaii was interesting. Yeah. Like clearly this offense is a little better that look Hawaii. I don't think is very no. good. So let's, you know, call a spade a spade here. And they gave up 24 points to Hawaii. So that's a problem. Yeah. But I don't, what, what do you think about this matchup? Rob? I mean, look, I mean, like, the, I mean, the real problem, I mean, like Hawaii didn't try to run the ball very much. So it was Stanford's pass defense is a problem going against USC, right? Because Hawaii, yes. oh Lord Almighty, Hawaii, you know, like it's not like Shager had, you know, he only had six point seven per, but he had three hundred and fifty five yards on three TDs and no picks, right? So, like, yeah, Stanford's defense is a problem. I thought Stanford ran the ball all right. Um, did EJ Smith get hurt in this game? That was what was weird. So I watched about half of it, and he was in the game. I didn't see him on the injury report, but yeah, four carries for 14 yards and a touchdown. That was, that was weird. That was weird to me. I'm wondering if he's still not feeling great. Yeah. I mean, like, look, I think Troy Taylor's offense, like, I think they're going to be able to get it going a little bit more here. Like, I just, I, I think Eurosex is going to be a big problem for USC. Yes. Yes, he is. Um, And that's (laughs) like, I just, I, I think this is too many points. Like, I think USC's defense is still has not proved to me that they're not dumb um, and yeah. bad at what they're doing. And I'm not like, I'm not like, look, I mean, like there, there's some real positives. Like, I mean, I thought Jeff Schwartz did a good job of pointing out that like, listen, like it, this stuff doesn't show up in the box score yet, but like bear Alexander had a couple, had a couple really good plays um, so far this year. Like, it, I mean, that stuff, like I said, it's not showing up in the box score yet. Nevada is a mess. Like that, that program is like really needs to decide whether it wants to be, at FBS level. Um, But I I mean, like Stanford's going to be a much bigger challenge. They've got like, than than they've had from San Jose state who at times looked competent on offense against them, you know? Um, And I do think like, I think Taylor's like he undoubtedly, I mean, I am a hundred percent sure Troy Taylor had things he did not pull out of the box against Hawaii because he didn't need to, that he's going to pull out of the box against USC. Right. Um, yeah, it just, it just feels like a lot of points. And I think Taylor's still a pretty good OC. I think he did a good, really good job with Sacramento state. I don't think we've seen everything that the Stanford run game could be under Taylor yet. Now I do think that the problem is of course, is like USC is going to score a ton of points throwing the football in this game. No question. Um, but I think Stan, I think Stanford's going to score enough to cover. That's the question. Can Stanford get to 30? Because USC is going to put 60 up in this game. Um, yeah. And, yeah. I th- and I think that's I think that's the move. The over is the move. The over 70. I mean, if, if USC doesn't put up 50 points, I would be shocked. I mean, yeah, this past defense is garbage. Um, and and Stanford's going to give up a ton of points. So I think I think the over is the better move. But. I think Stanford could do it. I just, I think like you mentioned uh, that tight end is going to be a problem. I think they'll be able to run the ball. Okay. 
but I mean, it was interesting to me is Patu wasn't the, the, um, wasn't the quarterback Ashton Daniels. was. Yeah. So, you know, I'm curious to see what he's able to do. I mean, they um, have 28 yeah, I think to San I, Jose state. Yeah. And we got a, we got a good example of like where San Jose state sits versus like a decent power five defense this week. Yeah, that that's absolutely true. And you go like, Holy smokes, like, Oregon State stripped of all its players is actually better than what we have yeah. um, elsewhere. So, okay. All right. Give me, give me Stanford. I, I, I think 29 and a half is a lot. Um, I think if you're going to bet this, you should wait. Wait for that number to pop up to 30, yeah. maybe 30 and a half. I think it will. So just sit on that and don't, don't pull the trigger yet. Another interesting matchup, Cal. This game, this game is Dude, so dumb. Smoked. This is this is the, like it was, I was listening to the Cover Three podcast and they called it the Culture War. Oh, this is this <laughs> like, is yeah, the Civil War, the Holy War. This is this, <laughs> this Oh my gosh, this game! It's like this game is like it is absolutely like QAnon versus like Young Socialists of America. Like, <laughs> like everything that's wrong in America. Every, every, right? like, yes, every, literally, like you could put it all in one stadium. Like. <laughs> Um, Cal beat the doors off of uh, North yes. Texas, fifty-eight to twenty-one, and they did it with an injured Sam Jackson. Yeah. So I don't. Um, we'll have to keep a lookout for what his. Um, and it'll be interesting to see. Like, look, Hugh Freeze, say what you want. I mean that that guy is a good coach, yeah. and he's going to be able to put some scheme together. And he's got a new team that he's trying to piece together. Um, but he was planning for Sam Jackson, and now he's got like. Brett and uh, not Brett Johnson, uh, Finley, the, the transfer from, I think Syracuse. Yeah. Um, or was it NC state? I got to remember. I think it's Syracuse. Uh, I know it's NC yeah. state. Um, Brett Johnson started in this game, Rob, like congratulations. I'm so glad to see him back on the field. He, he didn't have a lot of stats in the game, right. but you know, after three years of just terrible, terrible news and just injuries and a car accident, he's back on the field. Um, I mean, they were able to run the ball against, North Texas was North Texas rush defense. Good. I think that's the question. I, I mean, it's you really, know, hard. Like, I mean, it's really hard to evaluate where we have North Texas. They got a new coaching staff in. Um, they were better offensively last year, but Ani, who I had forgotten had gone on to the NFL, um, wasn't there. Right. So like it's a new coaching staff. Like they, they, and what Cal did really well in this game, even better. Like, I mean, aside from like, yes, they had an offensive explosion. They were able to throw the ball. They were able to run the ball. North Texas defense. I have a hunch is going to come back and be really bad. Um, but Cal shut down North Texas's run game, like just totally shut it down in a way that we haven't seen Cal do in a while. That's, I think probably like going to be one of the things I think I take into this game is what does, what does you know what how, is is Cal able to actually like slow down someone's run game? Um, are they able to slow down Auburn's run game? You know here because Auburn, I mean, UMass like is decent under Don. Let's, I mean they're bad, but they're not as bad as they used to be under Don. You know with Don Brown there, um, and Don Brown is like a is a is a very good defensive mind, and Auburn just waxed them i mean they got 6.6 per carry um you know they got 8.1 through the air the 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 i think the big concern i think i mean like and and like the the thing that like if you're a cal fan auburn did give up 5.2 per rush in that game against umass um 
But it is like this feels like a hard one. This feels like a hard one to evaluate because like I'm not sure where North Texas is with new coaching staff after what we saw because it wasn't maybe what we were expecting, and I'm not sure. I'm I'm pretty unsure of what Auburn's going to look like in year one under Hugh Freeze. Um, seven points. I mean, Peyton Thorne, by the way, Peyton Thorne's the quarterback, right? The the guy that couldn't make that that wide receiver from um, Florida State look good. Yeah, <laughs> just just to paint that picture for Peyton, you. I mean, he didn't have to do a lot. Um, you know, but like, what do we think? I mean, like, you know, I mean, I I think uh, Cal's pass defense might be a i mean they're not going to be maybe a huge problem but like that's i mean this this is also going to be a massive step up in talent from what cal faced last week i mean auburn auburn may not be a complete team but they do have a handful of complete players yeah i this is probably like there's a lot of difficult lines here and seven is is a good line for this game uh my my worry my worry for cal is Hugh Freeze is a very strong offensive mind, yeah. and and he's gonna. I, what what was Cal's defense last year? Last year that yeah, remember? last year they struggled. Um, oh, they were at fifty eight overall last season. Um, sixty in effective rush, sixty one in effective pass. I mean, no real big standout like horrific numbers, but I mean, fifty eight overall is a bad Power Five defense. That's what sort of like worries me is that we we may we may not know much about like north texas is a full-on enigma i'm not we're not going to really know a lot about them until we get a couple more games under our belt yeah just looking at i'm just going back and looking at the um the depth here i mean they bring back most of their wide receivers i'm talking talking about cal i mean jade not returns byron cardwell by the way is hurting out for the year um I don't know. Trusting Ben Finley and and Cal's. I'm. What am I doing? I'm. I'm uh, give me Auburn. I'll I'll lay the points. I know it's a tough. It's a tough road game. Cal <laughs> wins non-conference games. So just keep that in mind. Like this might be my UCLA doesn't care about you know non-conference games. So the exact opposite. Um, I just backup quarterback, bad defense with against Hugh Freeze. I, I think Auburn covers. I think it's it's not it's not going to be a blowout, but I think Auburn Auburn covers the game. Yeah, I mean, like this feels like one. Like I like Spadaval. I think we, like we talked about, Cal could have a fun offense. I think their defense is bad. Still, they might be in like the 30s, but this is that's not going to be like even close to the toughest defense that Auburn faces this season. So, um, yeah, give me give me Auburn. I mean, at home too. Like I mean, it'll be dumb and loud. Oh, it's at Auburn. That's yeah. right. Wait, are you sure? Uh, no, I'm not. I might have. I, I might have said versus. Uh, um, let me double check. Sorry, live audio. Um, I forgot. It's, oh, at, it's Cal. at Cal. I'm sorry. Well, that was my be, fault. It'll I be quiet and not loud. Um, yeah, quiet. <laughs> I mean, there'll be a lot of Auburn fans there. Give me, uh, yeah, give me Auburn. Oh God, Auburn okay. on the road with thorn at quarter yep well let's do it gross gross all right one more game and then we gotta talk about oregon state here uh arizona is a nine point favorite on the road against mississippi state um they say dog are they a dog they're a dog yeah you're right i'm sorry i'm kind of a mess right now putting these so that'd be crazy yeah what am i what am i talking about um look arizona snapped it's year-long years-long 
losing streak to NAU. So that was great. Congratulations to the Wildcats for that. They looked fine. I mean, like Jaden Delora looked like Jaden Delora. Um, I don't. <laughs> I mean, uh, McMillan, their wide receiver is good, and they got a good rushing game. Like this is the same team. I think the the one thing on my end is. I was worried about the interior defensive line and they played NAU. So you got to keep expectations, but they did seem more competent um, with with Bill Norton who ended up uh, starting. And I was worried about that because it didn't seem like he was the Georgia transfer and didn't look like he was really good and he might be. So let's say this is Arizona on paper with a 20% better defensive line is probably what we have. Trade and Stukes is out. They have a couple uh, offensive linemen that are banged up. And they go to Mississippi State. I don't know that much about Mississippi State this year. Obviously, the the death of Mike Leach. Yeah. They bring in the defensive coordinator is now the head coach. And I know they shifted the offense, which is a travesty. I'm like going from like a straight up air raid to like more of a like conservative offense with the personnel as a choice. Uh, so I, what, what do we need to know about Mississippi the thing State? You know here? about Mississippi State is they have a good defense. Um, so Zach Arnett, mm-hmm. their head coach, was their defensive coordinator. Yeah runs that San Diego State 335. Um they were at number 10 overall in beta rank last season on defense. That's the main takeaway and they were at 8 overall in effective pass, which of course is what Arizona likes to do. Um that's my I mean if you're like I mean this is this is the this is the like this is the trouble I think if you're Arizona is like you trust Jaden Delora. In the spotlight. No. The answer in, is in always the no. In the spotlight. Now, what I think is interesting, and it, I mean, now Arizona does have an injury to freshman guard Polito, who was who, uh, so they may move around. Like they, I thought they could run the ball. They, they look like they might be able to run the ball better than they did last season, which might be interesting as far as the offense goes. Um, but they're going to have, I mean, this is going to be the real challenge for Arizona's offense, right? Like they finished at third in the thirties last season, offensively, like going against a top 10 defense is, is going to give them some trouble. Um, offensively, Mississippi state is a, a big question mark. I mean, they blew out their opponent, um, Southeast Louisiana lions. Um, I mean, they That's, shut them down on they. They really shut down Southeast Louisiana, um, their offense, and then Rogers, you know, threw for two twenty seven. Um, he seems really competent. The interesting thing is they ran they ran the ball a ton. They ran for three hundred yards in this game. Um, so it'll it, you're going to see something more balanced from Mississippi State than we saw last year, which is I mean maybe an advantage if you're Arizona because the pass defense wasn't great last year. Well, the thing so <laughs> the, the run thing defense I wasn't either. For, so I guess yeah, that was my that was going to be my point. Is I I watched a decent amount of this game and my big note was they still can't stop the run up the middle or yeah. they still can't. I'm sorry. You can't run the ball up the middle was actually the the takeaway on my end. So oh, for Arizona, a little bit different. Yeah. 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 I mean, like they, they, they definitely, if they bust runs, it tends to be much more to the outside. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's nine uh, on this, like that beta ranks got it at seven and a half. Um, but nine on the road, Jane Delora's good for at least one pick against the defense yep. that's good he's good for at least at least one if he's good for if he gets two arizona's gonna lose by 17 i don't think their offensive line i think the offensive line is better yes i don't think it's great no 
Now, I think Arizona's receivers, I mean, they're not as, I mean, they're not as like, I mean, clearly Mississippi State is going to see some better receiver rooms in the SEC this year. But I still think like even with Dorian Singer gone, Arizona still has a really good receiving room here. I mean, I think this game should be better than it was last season. This game was not close last year. Um, and Arizona's offense kind of bumbled around in large parts of the game. I think that's going to be the case again, but less so. Like, I think Arizona is going to keep it closer. Um, nine feels tough because, like, I feel like Arizona could keep this below 10 points. Um, but I, I, I like Mississippi State. I'm not. If I can't, I cannot in good conscience take Jane Delora and Johnny Manson. They have to prove it to me that yeah. they can not do dumb things. Because Delora had some, mo- I mean, even in the game against NAU, there were some patented Jade and Delora roller coaster moments. Yeah. I mean, the, like there was a drop pick through right to the NAU guy, went right through his hands. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I, I can't, I, I get it. I get the spread. Arizona is a better team this year, I think, than they were last year. I still don't trust them on the road in a hostile environment against a team that has a great defense. Yeah. So give me, uh, I will, I will uh, lay the points and take Mississippi State. Um, the only other team to to contact to talk about here, Rob, is Oregon State, which beat San, Di- San Jose State and beat them, frankly, in a more oppressive fashion than USC did. I um I don't know if you uh, San Jose State is a good team because I'm looking at I'm looking at the box score. It was interesting that they were able to um, put up a better defensive performance than USC. I thought that, um, but then I look at the like I think it's one of two things. I mean, it could be one of three things. First of all, San Jose State could be bad. Yeah. But let's assume that they're okay. Yeah. Let's assume that the offense is is okay and they bobble them up. Um, either their new defensive coordinator is just a wizard. Um, or, or San Jose state is bad. Cause I'm looking at that. I'm, I'm willing to going. say Trent Bray. And I said that like he made impossibly huge improvements in two years. Right. Like, I yeah. mean, in a way that I didn't think was even me who talks all the time about coordinators, right. I was like, coordinators matter. Coordinators matter. He made a huge difference. Um, they and I, I would say the main difference is like they just total like other than like in the difference between them and USC is they just totally bottled them up, right? Um, you know, San Jose State's yeah. points came in the fourth quarter, you know, um, and Jay Butterfield looked very sharp after the game was way over, you know. So like, yeah. I'm not sold on Oregon State's backups, maybe. Um, you know, but I, I, I think the, I, I absolutely am on, I like, and we talked about, I don't, I don't, I think the defense is going to fall off a bit from where they last were the last year. That's a very high bar. They were excellent last year. Um, but what makes Oregon state fun is like, I don't think they're going to fall all the way off. Like, I think they're maybe still in the top 30 defensively. And I do think the offense is the offense looks better. Yeah, like it's the, there's still problems still with the wor- offense, but I I looked at I I looked at the lineup and I went I'm such an idiot. Of course they're running a two tight end set because I'm looking at their wide receivers. I'm going who on earth are they going to throw to? I'm like they're, they're the tight ends. You're such a fool, Brian. Like how how did you not like why <laughs> so ridiculous? Oregon like, <laughs> Oregon State is going to run twelve personnel all day. 
Yes. Like yes, just it is. all day. And, <laughs> and DJ Uyunglele, uh, uh, um, gives them, uh, gives them a running threat that they didn't have last year. And that's worth, that's worth just as much as being a little bit more better, a little bit better than Gold Branson, which I think he is. I think so, like, he's a lot better. He's able he, to- he, he execute. Like, I think the main thing with him is like, he executes the things that you expect your quarterback to execute. He doesn't have receivers to do the spectacular, but he does all the other things yeah. really well. He, uh, I mean, like he had some passes where I'm like, mm, it was his first, yeah, it was his yeah. first game. I thought his accuracy was a little bonkers for, for a bit, but you're right. Like he also hit guys like right where he needed to yeah. through some ropes. There was one particular touchdown. I'm like, okay, there we go. Um, but the legs like him just being able to, there was a couple designed runs. I'm like, that's, that, that is worth like three yeah. points per game yeah. right there just him being able to do that yeah anyway they, they play like uc davis and who cares but um they better than i thought bunch. yeah yeah so i might have to bump them up a little bit too i'm bumping this is bad rob i'm bumping like everybody up in terms of how good i think they are i don't i don't know if that's a I good think place the Pac-12, to be 12 actually like i mean that's the problem actually coming into this year is like the only guaranteed like everybody sort of was like oh we're playing stanford that's a win we're gonna play colorado that's a win and we're gonna play ASU. That's a win. And the only one I'm like a hundred percent sure is about as bad as we thought is probably ASU. Now we're gonna find out exactly where they sit this week. Um, Colorado looks a lot better. I don't know that Sanford's a lot better, but they're better than we thought. They're better. Yeah. I mean, and to the point yeah. where they could win a, a couple dumb games this year. You know, like. Oh, for sure. And a little bit more energy. Like that front seven's yeah. still good, but holy smokes, they're gonna give up so many so many yards no Dwayne Aquino man like that was the he was the glue that held that back end together for so long despite really really bad coordinating oh yeah oh it was pretty rough well a lot to look forward to we're gonna keep an eye on these games we'll be back um we're recording on Sunday uh so this this was a little bit of a later recording than normal but thanks for bearing with us we'll get this up today appreciate it and we will catch everybody next week